Matthew chapter 6. We want to welcome all those that are watching online around the world right now. And uh, welcome to Cairo, Michigan. Amen? Put Cairo on the map for your revival and outpouring watch. Amen? Hallelujah. Here we go. Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 19 through 21. Let's start there. It says, Jesus said these words. He said, do not lay up for yourselves, yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Man, don't you love the words of Jesus? So powerful. Amen. Today I want to talk about a couple very uh, important characteristics for the Christian life. And we need to possess these in our walk with God. The moment we stop possessing these in our Christian walk, it, it turns to dead religion. Okay, This is what, what turns it from uh, alive and in a powerful relationship and dead religion. Do you want to know what they are? Yeah. All right. Hey, listen, if you're going to be used by the Holy Spirit, if you're going to tap into the flow of His anointing and power, these two things must be in your life. And, and too many Christians are falling into the trap. They're falling into the trap of the devil by this, by storing up treasures on earth and forsaking the treasures of heaven. We need to take and partake of the treasures of heaven right here on earth. Jesus said, on earth as it is in where? In heaven. I'm talking today about this, spiritual pursuit and desire. Spiritual pursuit and desire. Spiritual pursuit and desire are spiritual laws. How can I say that? Because the word says this. God gives us the invitation. He said, draw nigh to me and I will draw nigh to you. Amen? So he's waiting for something to happen on earth before he moves from heaven on earth. Amen? Oh, I preached a message before called, when heaven touches earth. When heaven touches earth. Maybe one day I'll release that again, but it's draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Desire is defined as this, as a strong feeling of wanting something or something to happen. Desire and spiritual pursuit is what caused me to receive a breakthrough in 2007 in Big Rapids, Michigan. How many of you heard that testimony? All right, the supernatural breakthrough. You can look at it at my personal site at jamesbrandt.org. But it was a supernatural breakthrough. I called the church to 14 days of prayer. And on the 10th day, boom, we hit the gusher. I said we hit the gusher. But if I would have given up on the ninth night, I never would have had that experience. But you know what? I was hungry and I had spiritual pursuit. I pursued God. I had a desire. Hello, somebody. As I was studying for this message, the Holy Spirit spoke these words in my spirit. These are the words. He said this, desire is hope on fire. Desire is hope on fire. Hallelujah. See, hope is this. Hope is a confident expectation for the future. It's the future. But desire is just a little bit more than that. Desire will cause you to actively pursue God and the things of the kingdom of God by your own free will. See, God's not going to make us do anything. Amen? 
It is a holy pursuit of getting to know God more. A holy pursuit of this. It ha- this has to be going through you all the time. I have got to experience more of his power in my life. I've got to know the heart of God more than anything. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about spiritual pursuit of God and desire. Spiritual pursuit and desire in this message, they go together, okay? They're twins. Say twins. Twins. All right, you can't have one without the other. So, by the way, the Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says this, desire spiritual gifts. In other words, you know what that's saying? In other words, if you don't desire spiritual gifts, you're not going to walk in them. There needs to be these. There's something supernatural about desire and spiritual pursuit of God. A Christian that is spiritually hungry and desires the things of God, here's what happened to them. They've come to the end of themselves. They've come, come to the end of themselves and they are pursuing God with no limits. They found out that nothing in this earthly natural realm is ever going to satisfy them. You could say it this way. They hit rock bottom. Guess who the rock is? Jesus. When you find out, when you find out anything, money, anything on this earth, you know, you keep going through layers in life. A person goes through layers. Money, oh, that doesn't do it. Boom. Uh, A big house, no, that didn't do it. Boom. Uh, This, that, no, no, no. Finally, Jesus says, you finally have fallen on the rock. You finally figured out that I am the only one that can satisfy you. Amen. There is a stirring on the inside of these people that say, I want more. I've got to know him more. The person that that begins to actively desire and pursue God, they have finally died to self. And and they receive this revelation. You ready for this? They receive this revelation. I must decrease. So he can increase in my life. That's the whole secret. The world says self-help, do it yourself, do it. No, 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 no. God says you better lean on me. For Jesus said without me you can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. But let let me give you a little secret here. Are you ready for this? This is powerful. That which you are desiring on the inside has been seeking after and pursuing you. Now, what do I mean by that? In other words, that spiritual hunger, that desire did not originate from you alone. That is the Holy Spirit on the inside of you stirring you up. And guess what happened? When you finally experienced it, here's what happened. You finally yielded to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is called our helper. He, He wants you to break through more than you want to break through. Are you following me? So there's always, he's always trying to draw us. Come on, go pray. Open the word. Let me show you something. Uh, go do this. You've got to yield to him. Right. Say yield. yield. All right. So the Holy Spirit is our helper. The one called along, alongside to help him. He lives in us. He's there trying to give us that boost. He's trying to always lead us as Christians into his perfect will for our life. Amen. So finally, your free will connected with the will, plan, and purpose of God for your life. The Holy Spirit will not force you to do anything. That's why it says we are to be led by the Holy Spirit. Guess who tries to get you compulsive? Guess who tries to push you into something? 
Satan and demonic spirits. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you. He's putting that little desire in you. Come on, press in longer. Press in. You're almost there. Just press in. Press in. He's always there. He, he's, he's saying, do this. In other words, he needs our cooperation. We need to cooperate with the Holy Ghost. Amen? God is and has been. Listen to this. God ha- is and he has been pursuing every person in this place. Every person listening online around the world and watching online right now. God has been pursuing you. You think you've been pursuing him, but no, 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 no. He's been pursuing you. Go to Exodus chapter 3. Let me show you something that backs up what I'm saying here. Exodus chapter 3. You guys feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in here? I I feel there's a spirit of wisdom and revelation right now being poured upon all of us. The Holy Spirit's trying to speak something. Amen? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Exodus 3, 1 through 4. This is talking about Moses here. And it says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Here it is. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush, the burning bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am, Lord. Listen to me. Moses' life was changed after that encounter with the burning bush. All right. God was pursuing Moses. You see that? He was pursuing him because God had a destiny. God had a calling for Moses. And God had to get His attention. If Moses wouldn't have never stopped, turned, and looked, God never would have spoke to him. Are you seeing this? Moses had to stop, pay attention, acknowledge something was happening, and then God spoke. Oh, how often we go on with our busy lives and ignore God all throughout the day. When God is trying to show us some things, he's trying to get our attention. But we ignore him. God supernaturally lit that bush on fire to get Moses' attention. Man, the burning bush, let me say it again, got his attention. Moses acknowledged it, and then God spoke. Many times, the Holy Spirit showed me this. Many times there are supernatural signs all around us throughout our day, but we ignore them. God is trying to get your attention. He wants you to stop and acknowledge the sign, acknowledge him, acknowledge the holy moment that's happening. And then he will speak and reveal more. Listen to me. When that that experience happened to me in Big Rapids, I was sitting at the altar It was kind of dark. We had some recessed lighting in there, and there's a big stage curtain in the back. I was sitting here. There's like five other people with me, and I looked back, and I seen this curtain just moving, just on its own, and there was no fans. There was no air conditioning, and and I noticed it, and then I acknowledged it. I said, do you guys guys see what I'm seeing back there? 
They're like, yeah, that's pretty wild. We moved back, and I'm telling you right now, the presence of God was loosed. I heard angels going over this thing. That's the way the, the curtain was moving. I turned around, lightning of fire. Angels were manifesting all over that place. If I would have ignored that holy moment, that sign, it never would have happened. Are you following me? It never would have happened. God is trying to take us into the supernatural. God is trying to lead us supernaturally. But we're just too busy. We're like horses with blinders on. We don't want to stop and look. you got to keep God in your thought life constantly. you got to be thinking, God, see, you got to have an expectation. God, what are you going to do today? God, God lead me, guide me. There's got to be a consciousness and acknowledging of him on the inside throughout the day. Are you following me? Acknowledging God is connected to the spiritual law of spiritual pursuit and desire. Quite often, you, many of you who, who've been coming to the church for the last year since we've been here, quite often you'll hear me say in the service, I, I'll say, hey, I, I sense the presence of God here. I sense the presence of God over here. Or, man, I see angelic movement over here or something. There's an angel over here. You know, here's the deal. This, that's not a pride thing. I'm not trying to be a showboat. Are you following me? Here's what's going on. I'm activating the spiritual law of desire, pursuit, and acknowledgement of what God's doing. I'm not trying to be a showboat or anything. I'm trying to show God's presence is here. When you start acknowledging it, it increases. When I acknowledge what's taking place in the spirit realm around us, it reveals this. It reveals that I have a desire for more, and it starts to increase. And the Holy Ghost and the angels start to move more. It's a spiritual law. Amen? Sometimes I drive Marianne nuts. I'll be walking through the house, and I'm like, man, the presence of God's over in the kitchen right now. She's like, really? you got to always point this out? Yes, because I want more. Amen. I want more. Amen. My goodness. When we acknowledge what God is doing in our life and in our midst and our services and every time we meet, it's, here's what it is. It's an invitation for him to come and to manifest more of his power. Because here's why. Nobody wants to do more for you when they're ignored. Are you following me? You, you kind of getting what I'm saying here? If I see and sense that the Holy Spirit's moving and I ignore him, it, re, it reveals a lack of desire. It reveals a lack of pursuing him. It reveals a lack of acknowledging him. It's this. It's a, no thanks, God, I don't want it. Wow, God, you're, you're, you're trying to manifest. Great, I don't want it. Are you following me? You're going to leave this service. You're going to leave after listening to this. And you're going to become more sensitive to his presence. You're going to be more sensitive to what he's doing. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me this week during prayer. He said, I am pursuing and trying to get attention of my people and my leaders. But they ignore my attempts to get their attention. And it grieves me. That is why ooh, I, feel, I just felt a wave of the glory here when I said that. That is why God says in Ephesians 4.30, not to grieve His Holy Spirit. In other words, don't ignore Him. Amen? I think many times we forget this, that the Holy Spirit is a person. 
I'm not talking flesh and blood. A person is defined as this, one that has a mind, will, and oh yes, emotions. Grieve means this, to cause great distress or to cause great or deep sorrow. That's what grieving is. So the Holy Spirit can feel that deep sorrow or a distress. Think about that. Have you ever had someone not acknowledge you in your life? Have you ever went into, into a place and you thought you knew someone, but they ignored you? How did that make you feel? Maybe, maybe you have a family member that, that is uh, avoiding you and, and not acknowledging you in their life. That brought deep sorrow and distress, didn't it? Come on, somebody. We're touching it at home right now. Well, if you were following someone around, again, and they're ignoring you, it's not going to promote communication with them, is it? So we grieve the Holy Spirit when we ignore His attempts to get our attention. The Holy Spirit, come on, while I hear it, the Holy Spirit saying this, I'm constantly trying to get your attention. Acknowledgement is a spiritual law. Listen to this. So it works also in the negative. The devil and demons are constantly trying to get our attention. And they're trying to get us to do this, to acknowledge them. Are you following me? They're always trying to get our, get our attention through fleshly temptation. Temptation from the enemy. All they're trying to do is they're, get, they're trying to get you and I to take the bait. To acknowledge them. Because if you acknowledge them, you invite them into your life. That's why it's a spiritual law. It can work one way or the other. God says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. But guess what? If you draw nigh to the kingdom of darkness, you're going to draw the kingdom of darkness into your life. And the problem is this. Most Christians are more in tune with their flesh and unrenewed mind more than their born-again spirit that desires the things of God. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Are you? And the enemy knows that. That's why he's a flesh devil. He's always trying to get our fleshly desires. And it's all about this. He, he, the, t- uh, fleshly, sinful temptation from the enemy is, is the enemy's burning bush experience to get you to stop, turn, and look at them. Come on, somebody. Just remember that the temptation from the enemy, they're trying to get you to take the bait and acknowledge them. Don't do it. Amen? It's an invitation. Now, have you ever noticed when a fleshly, tem- a sinful temptation, fleshly temptation, when you stop and you, you acknowledge it and you step into it, what happens after that? A flood of the kingdom of darkness comes into your life, doesn't it? A flood. Why? Because your acknowledgement of them invited them into your life. So be very careful who you're yielding your free will to in your life through the spiritual laws of acknowledgement and desire. Go with me to Proverbs 3. Oh, we're having fun today. I see the kingdom of darkness is crying. They don't like this very much. Man, I love exposing them. Hallelujah. Now, Proverbs 3... Five and six, we all know it, but I want to break it down a little bit more for you, all right? Whew, hallelujah. Proverbs 3, 
5 and 6. And it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, underline it, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your paths. So according to verse 5, we have two options in our life. Say two options. The first is to trust in the Lord with all of our heart. And number two, the second option is to lean upon our own understanding. And guess what? Both cannot operate at the same time. You're either trusting in God with all your heart or you're leaning upon your own understanding. So kind of locate where are you at in your life today. Amen? Trusting in the Lord with all of our heart reveals a free will desire, 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 desire to believe him which leads to acknowledging him or inviting him into our life, which leads to this. He said he would direct our paths then. Do you feel lost in your life today? Do you feel like you're just wandering? I don't, you have no idea where you're going? Put these into practice. You've been, you've been activating the, wrong, the spiritual laws in the wrong direction. We need to put the word of God to work in our life. Amen? Listen, when we acknowledge the Lord in our life, his promise is this. He will direct our path. Now, if this is true, you can flip it around and the the same thing would be true. I love doing that. I love taking a verse and just seeing the opposite side. Here's what it would say. If we don't acknowledge him, he will not direct our paths. Think about that. All right. So again, acknowledging God reveals our desire by our own free will to know him to trust Him, and to invite Him into our situation and be led by the Holy Ghost. We are activating spiritual laws from the Word of God. And that promotes an intimate walk in communication with Him. How many of you want better communication with God? You feel like your prayer life, your relationship has been kind of dry? I'm telling you, activate these spiritual laws and, man, you'll come back to me and say, wow, I've been doing it wrong for years. I've never seen it in the word like this before. Now, the word paths, as I was reading this, God will direct our paths with an S. That really jumped out to me in verse 6. The Holy Spirit, here it is, he wants to lead and guide us in every area of our life. See, God's, God's not only interested in your spiritual walk in life, but he's interested in your secular job. He's interested in your family. He's interested in your finances. He's interested in every part of your life. He will direct your what? Paths. Say paths. And and this is what the Holy Spirit also showed me about the word paths, plural. He said this, I want to lead you in your life, every area. He said this, through all the different seasons of your life. Isn't that good to know? All right, you, you ever feel you're in a season of your life? It's just different, right? And hey, seasons change, but the Holy Spirit still wants to lead you and use you through every season. Amen? Amen. So we serve the one true and living God that desires to be active in our life every hour, every minute, every second of our day. He is an active Heavenly Father. Go with me to 2 Chronicles 16. Now, 2 Chronicles 16, I. Brought this up in a couple of sermons ago. But the Holy Spirit put it back upon my heart. See? See, sometimes it's, sometimes it's good to bring things up again and go over it again, isn't it? You can never hear foundation stuff enough. We need to make sure our foundation is strong. Amen? Now, I mean, the day that you say, I don't need that, that's the day where you better check yourself. Amen? Now, 
Oh, before you wreck yourself? Is that how it goes? Okay. Oh, riggedy wreck yourself. Yes, I did grow up in the 90s. I did. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Second Chronicles 16, verse 9. Look at this. He said, for the eyes, <clears throat> for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those who heart, whose heart is loyal to him. And I'm going to stop right there because I'm not talking about the account that this is talking about, but this is something that just applies to us in general. All right? So God is looking for loyal hearts toward him. He's looking. I love how it says that. He's looking to show himself strong through those whose heart is loyal to him, those who value, those who desire, those who pursue, and those who acknowledge him. The word loyal, look at this. The word loyal is defined as giving or showing firm and constant support or allegiance to a person or an institution. Showing firm, think about this, firm and constant. Say constant. Constant support. You know what this is telling me? In other words, God will show himself strong on behalf of those who do not jump back and forth from the world to him. He's looking for loyalty. Loyalty. Come on. Spouse, how, how would you like it if your husband's going back and forth to different, from you to another woman, you to, or a, you, are you following me? Right. Hello, somebody. Yeah. God's no different. He wants our loyalty. Say loyalty. Yeah. And he said, if you will be loyal to me, I will show myself strong. In fact, it will stop my eyes on you. It's going over the whole, he's looking, who's loyal to me? Who's loyal to me? He's not looking for lukewarm. Come on, somebody. He's looking for those who are fiery hot. Amen? Fire in the house. Amen? Holy Ghost fire. He will show himself strong on the behalf of those who desire, acknowledge, love, and obey him. Look at Psalm 37. I'm running you through some scripture now. We're running. We're off and running now. Hallelujah. Psalm 37. Three through five, I want to take a look at. Popular passage here. And the Lord wanted me to pull some things out for, for all of us today. He said, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. You see, he said trust a couple times here. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So trust in the Lord and do good. That's our part. Say, that's my part. part. Trust in the Lord. Say it. Trust in the Lord and do good. That's my part. See, trusting in the Lord reveals this, that you are acknowledging him in your life. Are you seeing the connection of what I'm trying to say here today? You can't trust someone you don't acknowledge. You cannot trust someone you don't acknowledge. You know, you know something about that person's integrity, don't you? If you're going to trust someone, you know about their integrity. That's why you trust them. Amen? 
And we are commanded to do good. The fact that we acknowledge and trust God then sets us up to say, you know what? God's way is best. Come on, somebody. See, what's the struggle? Think about this. Anytime you have a choice between good or evil, the struggle when sin is is right in front of you, the thing is this. I don't know if I'm going to pass that up. Right? There's that struggle going on. Hello, somebody. But the person that knows God, the person that knows his integrity, that forsaking the way of sin and living a holy life, you trust him enough to say, God's right. You acknowledge him in your life. Think about that. Isn't that powerful? Now, here we go. Listen to this. Delight yourself in the Lord. I lo- Say delight. Delight is defined as this, taking great pleasure in. You can only take delight, you can only truly delight in someone that you have a desire to know or acknowledge in your life. In other words, you've spent enough time with that person that you have found great delight in their presence. You trust them. Come on, somebody. Your desire, I know I'm dropping a lot of truth bombs on you, all right? I get it. Your desire will move you to spend time with the Lord. I know I was watching uh, uh, one, one day Benny Hinn, and he said he was at a restaurant with friends and family. It, it, this may have even been in the Detroit area, I think. It, one of his books he actually talked about, yeah. He was at a restaurant, and they just got there. They all sat down. He was in town for a conference, and the Holy Spirit said, Get up, go back to the hotel room, and pray. And, he's, and, he's, and there's this inward struggle in him. Like, God, that, I'm going to look rude. They're going to think I'm crazy, you know. And, and, <laughs> and if, I, if, if memory serves me right, I, I don't remember if he did or not, but it affected the outcome of the conference one way or the other. Obedience. Come on. Obedience. There's always a blessing in obedience. Amen. Sometimes the Holy Ghost is going to call you to do things that make no sense to your natural mind. And guess what? It might offend other people too. Oh, yes. Family too. Have you figured that out yet? Your desire will move you to spend time with the Lord. Your desire will cause you to hunger for more of His Word, more of His presence in your life. Many Christians, listen, many Christians, they do not delight in the Lord because they have no spiritual hunger or desire to know Him beyond spiritual fire insurance from an eternity in hell in the lake of fire. Are you following me? Praise God, we're saved from the pits of hell and a lake of fire. You know, we thank God for that. But he wants relationship. It's all about relationship. Go back to the garden. He created us for fellowship with him. Guess what? Guess what? That that initial reason that he created mankind, let me let you in a little secret, that has not changed. Are you following me? So, you know, people are using Jesus as fire insurance, but then they wonder why. Why aren't my prayers being answered? There's no true connection there. Come on, somebody. Amen? Amen. Now, look at verse 4 again here. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. I want you to notice that when we desire or delight in the Lord, I love it, He will give us the desires of our heart. Why? 
Why is that? Let's ask that. Why? Because when we desire to know and please the Lord and delight in Him, guess what's going to happen? It's going to change our prayer list. It's going to dictate the way that we pray. If I guarantee you, if you just use God as fire insurance, your prayers are absolutely selfish all the time. They're selfish, they're fleshly, they have no power, nothing in them. But the person that's connected to God and connected to his heart, that acknowledge him on a daily basis, that get into his word, it's going to affect the way you pray and what you're praying for. Again, instead of praying those powerless, fleshly, earthly, I mean, you know, God must just look down on us and just kind of like, oh, here, here he goes again with his wish list. <laughs> I love you, but you got to learn some things from my word. Come on, somebody. See, it's at that point that when we start to delight in him. See, there's, there's, it's different than just knowing God. There's, there's, there's knowing him, but then it's a whole other level, delighting in him. Right. Yes. Delighting in him. I love it. I love coming here during the week, and I come in here and pray. I can't get here fast enough because I'm so excited to get in his presence. Just to get in his presence. Not to receive his presence, to get into his presence. You see, that makes the best relationships, doesn't it? Husbands and wives, right? I mean, isn't it great when your spouse loves your presence? Oh, okay, got a couple nods there. Uh, <laughs> let, let me try. Okay, if you need marriage counseling, call me. <laughs> Pastor's meddling today. But isn't it great when you love each other's presence? It just makes life so much more enjoyable. Amen? And the same is true with God. Amen? Now, I want to show you real quick some passages that will start to make more sense about your prayer life after learning about delighting yourself in God. That delighting yourself in God is, it's, it's a step up. It's, you actually like each other. Right? Like I said before, spouses, you got to love each other. Well, we're commanded to love our enemies even, right? But it's a whole different level when you actually like each other. You like being around each other. You like each other's presence. Amen? Go with me to 1 John chapter 5. Let out, the Holy Spirit kind of led me in, a, in kind of a direction here I didn't expect when I was writing this. And, and he wanted me to touch on prayer in connection to delighting in him. Okay? So, uh, 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, 14 and 15. I know I'm saying a lot. Listen to the message on livingwaterschapel.org. Watch it on YouTube later. Amen. But here it is. Listen to this. 1 John 5, 14 through 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. How many of you feel that kind of confidence in your prayer life? You have confidence toward God. When you pray, you know you're going to receive. You're going to get it. That's powerful, isn't it? We can have confidence in our prayer life. Okay? This, like I always say, this, we're not trying to hit a, the bullseye with a blindfold on. God wants uh, prayers to be answered. Okay? 
We pray according to his will by knowing his heart through the word and the Holy Spirit. Oh, let me say that again. See, that's why you can know the word, but if you're not connected to the Holy Spirit and have a relationship with the Holy Ghost in your life, you're you're cutting off 50%. Are you following me? We need to know the word, but we also need a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because he leads us and guides us in our prayer life. He's the one that brings scriptures to our remembrance how what we need to pray for and how to pray. Amen? So remember, to delight in him means that we delight in his word and in his Holy Spirit. Go to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Oh, I'm giving you guys a good spiritual meal before we go down to Tampa. We'll fly out to Tampa tomorrow uh, for a, a Rodney Howard Brown conference, a leadership conference. So we'll be back on Thursday night. But So I'm excited. I said, i got to fill them up, Lord. Fill them up before we go down to Tampa tomorrow morning. Amen? Here we go. <laughs> and we, hopefully we bring back some impartation of that fire down there. Amen? James 4, 1 through 4. Where do wars... And fights come from among you. Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. (laughs) You You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. That you may spend it on your own pleasures. Look at this. Powerful. This is crazy right here. Look at this. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes him an enemy of God. This is not written to unbelievers. This is written to Christians. It's possible to be a believer and an enemy of God. Or, or it's possible to be a believing un, or an unbelieving believer. You following me? You believe just enough to get you out of hell. But everything else, eh, healing, tongues, all that, I don't know. Right? That don't, that don't fit my personality. Give me a break. Now, I want you to notice that verse 1 talks about wars and fights that they come into our life from desiring worldly and earthly pleasures. Okay? Now, remember... Uh, desire is a spiritual law. So whatever you desire, it will invite that kingdom into your life, the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of God. All right? Keep that in mind. So this passage talks about not receiving because you are trying to struggle in your flesh to gain something. And let me tell you something right now. The flesh is an enemy of God. The, your flesh wants to avoid God. It wants nothing to do with God. You, you found that out yet? If you're breathing for two minutes, amen, come on. You do not have, listen, you do not have because you do not ask. You are not acknowledging your heavenly father. He is waiting for your invitation into that situation. Say invitation into that situation. I just liked how it sounded. It had a nice flow to it. And verse 3 tells us one of the reasons we don't receive when we pray. Listen, we need to perk up. 
When the Word of God is telling us how to pray and why we don't receive, we got to perk up. You ready for this? Because we ask amiss. We miss the bullseye in prayer. That's direct. That's not Pastor James' word. That's from the Word. Amen? It says, because we ask amiss, why? That we may spend it on our own fleshly pleasures. So obviously then, God is saying this, there is a target, there is a bullseye you must hit in your prayer life. So God is not against us enjoying things, right? We know that. But here's the key, he must be your delight. And when he's your delight, there's going to be some things that kind of fall off of your life. And you need to let them fall off. Amen? But listen to this. Asking amiss in your life. Asking amiss deals with your motive for why you're praying it. God is saying this. You do not receive. You ask amiss because of this. Your motive's all wrong with what you're asking for. You just want to, cons- oh Lord, let me hit the Powerball. God knows if you won, you'd probably run yourself in the ground and everyone around you. Come on, somebody. But we ask amiss. It's, it's a motive thing. Man, it's asking amiss deals with your motive. Don't ever forget this. God is under no obligation to bless or answer your fleshly desires in prayer. In fact, he says right here, I'm not going to do it. It's impossible. It's impossible. All right. So if you want answered prayer, you must have then a spiritual mindset. How can I say that? Because obviously he's saying here, a fleshly mindset makes us miss the bullseye in prayer. All right. So we need a spiritual mindset that aligns with the word of God, which is his will. It said in first John five, if we pray according to his will, we can have confidence that he's going to answer it. Amen. So your desire, here's the key to answered prayer. Your desire, my desire, must line up with his. Now, let me tell you this. His way is the best way. The pleasures that God are talking about are worldly pleasures of sin that are against his word, okay? So you could sum it up like this. If you are full of worldly thinking and pleasures that have pulled you away from your relationship with God. Do not expect your prayers to be answered until you get serious in your walk with Him. That's the Pastor James translation. See, here's the deal. God is telling us. He's constantly telling us to trust Him. But let me throw this basketball back at you. Can He trust you? Come on, somebody. We need to trust God, but can He trust you? Go with me real quick to John 15. John 15. I'm almost done. Almost done. I got plenty of time. Sit back, relax, eat your popcorn. We are good to go. <laughs> popcorn, yeah, right? Is, would that be? I don't know. Okay. It's hot enough in here. You could bring one uh, uh, kernel in here, and that thing will pop. I'm telling you right now. Here we go. John 15, 7 through 8. Jesus said these words. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. 
By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. The only way our desires are going to be right and holy, Jesus said, is if we abide in him and his words abide in us. He's talking about the word of God. The key to answered prayer then, according to Jesus, is to keep the word of God fresh on the inside of our thought life. Not reading it one time, but read a little bit daily. I'm not asking you to read a whole, you know, book of the Bible, sit down, you can't move. Are you hearing me? Read something. Anything. Jesus wept something. Amen. (laughs) Not just reading one time, but daily. Meditate on the word of God in your thought life. When you're meditating on the word, God says this, you're acknowledging me. When you're meditating on the word, we're acknowledging him. We need to constantly, throughout the day, remind yourself of Scripture. Remind yourself on your secular job. Well, God's watching me right now. The Holy Spirit is in me right now. Come on, somebody. I'm giving you some practical things. And the Word of God, and as the Word of God stays fresh on the inside of us, we will begin to be obedient to it. We will be able to act on it, and we then abide or remain in Christ. We abide in Christ in these three areas, in thought, word, and deed. Thought, word, and deed. Those three areas, that's how we abide in Jesus Christ. I want you to notice now, Jesus' instructions to receiving answered prayer. Here it is. Are you ready for this? I'm going to drop a truth bomb on you guys right now. The responsibility of answered prayer rest on us and not God. Are you did you see that in these scriptures? Do you see anywhere in these scriptures where it's God's responsibility to answer prayer? I didn't. See, God is always getting blamed. God, you're not answering my prayer. You're not doing this, you're not doing that. But can you see in these verses the abundance of responsibility is on us here on earth? We are the ones that ask amiss. We are the ones that have a wrong mindset. We are the ones here on earth that have the wrong motives in prayer. Jesus said, if you abide, if you abide in me and my words abide or remain in you, you will ask what you will and you will receive. So the responsibility is on us for this reason. You want to know why he put it on us? Because when Jesus said it is finished, every spiritual blessing in the spiritual realm belongs to us through Jesus Christ. Now it's a matter of not begging God for it. It's a matter of us receiving it in our life. That's why the responsibility is on us for answered prayer. It just is. It's right there. How can we ignore it? Amen. Real real quick, go with me to James 1. James 1. Say, it's on me. Uh Uh-huh, it is. See, we blame God. There's nothing imperfect about God. Are you hearing me? We're the imperfect ones. And we need to line up with his instructions. Amen? Amen. Look at this. James chapter 1, verses 5. Let me show you another piece of evidence. If if, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally. Our God is a liberal giver. Without reproach, and it will be given to you. But here's the condition right here. 
I don't see God's responsibility in this. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea that's driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man or person suppose that that he will receive anything of the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. So here, we are encouraged to ask for wisdom when needed. And it says God will give liberally. Liberally. Are you, how many of you need wisdom in here today? You need wisdom? Fine. God says ask and ask in faith. You don't even have to question it. After you ask, you thank him. Thank you, thank you, Lord. The answer's on his way. And here's what I keep saying every week. Stay connected to the kingdom of God Amen. with your faith. Praise him for the answer before he gives it to you. Amen. But here's what people do. Lord, give me wisdom about this situation. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, oh, I can't believe this is. I can't believe this. You disconnected your faith. Believe him. Stay connected until the answer comes. Hello, somebody. So to ask God for wisdom, there must be. Here's where desire fits in. To ask God for wisdom, there must be a desire to receive it. See, many times, I guarantee you, many times we ask for wisdom, eh, but we really don't want it. We want to do it our own way. Okay, are you following me? Someone got a revelation over there. Amen? We want to do it our own way. Because you know, you know if you ask God's opinion, God, what's your wisdom? He's going to require something that your flesh isn't going to like. Are you following me? See, our heaven, I'm talking about spiritual pursuit today and desire. Our heavenly father is a liberal giver, but we are required to follow the instructions in the book. We must ask in faith, nothing doubting, nothing wavering. Again, right here, evidence, the responsibility of answered prayer is on us and not God. I'm on my last page, ladies and gentlemen. I'm still doing good on time. Here we go. God is revealing spiritual laws in his word to us. Do you see it this morning? Are you seeing this? These are spiritual laws. Quickly, go with me to Matthew 6. Let me give you some more evidence. Say evidence. Evidence. Oh, you got to love the word. There's evidence all over the place. Amen. Matthew 6, chapter 5. Oh, this is a good one. Man, this slaps a lot of us right in the face. Ah, Jesus had a way of doing that, didn't he? Look Look at this. So Matthew 6, 5 through 8. And when you pray, Jesus said... You shall, you shall not be like the hypocrites for they love, (laughs) for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be, may be seen by men. Again, it's talking about the wrong motive. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door. Pray to your heavenly Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Motive. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. For they think that they, shall be, that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, Jesus said, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things that you have need of. Underline it. Before you ask him. 
Jesus is saying there needs to be a spiritual connection and not just vain words or repetition of words that come out of your mouth. How many of you know you can say the Lord's Prayer and it's just repetition? You memorize it, but there's no heartfelt connection to it. Jesus says this, shut your mouth. Are you hearing me, somebody? He is. That's how you'd say it probably, right? At some point. All right. Shut your mouth. He's saying there needs to be a heart connection there. Amen? Amen. There needs to be a heartfelt acknowledgement, desire to communicate with him. Then Jesus drops the spiritual law truth bomb that many Christians overlook in the body of Christ. Verse 8. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows the things that you have need of before you ask him. In other words, this, God knows what you have need of, but we're still required to ask. We're still required. You could say it this way. You ready? We're still required to take the hand of faith in the spirit realm and pull that thing into the natural. The provision is there. Jesus made every provision. That's why the responsibility is on us. Now, there's one type of a prayer that the responsibility is, is on the Lord. It's a, if it be your will kind of a prayer. Well, I really feel like I want to go to Rama Bible Training Center in Tulsa, but I don't know if I should. That's when you pray, Lord, if it's your will, open the door. That's the only time. Are you following me? If it be thy will does not belong in healing. If it be thy will doesn't belong in receiving the Holy Ghost baptism. If it be thy will doesn't, doesn't fit in providing your daily needs. Are you following me, somebody? Because the provision's there. We need it transferred in the natural. Ooh, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost here. Real quick, Mark 11, chapter 20. Oh, I told you I was going to give you a workout today. Just Just smile. Just smile and love me. That's all I ask. Smile and love me. Hallelujah. Mark 11, verse 20. Mark 11, verse 20. Hallelujah. Now, here it goes. Now, in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Say roots. And Peter remembering, said to him, to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Pay very close attention. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. In the original, it it literally says, have the God kind of faith. All right? For assuredly, I say to you, what is the God kind of faith? Here it is. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, And be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Believe that you have received. Come on, somebody. Believe that you receive them and you will have them. You believe you receive them right after you prayed. Before you even see it in the natural. See, when Jesus cursed that fig tree, he spoke the words to it, but they didn't see anything. They'd see no outward manifestation 
until the next day. But obviously, the moment Jesus spoke it, something happened in those roots. The process started. So when you pray, when you speak the word, when you're believing God, don't let the devil cheat you out of your blessing by saying, well, nothing's happening. Something happens when you pray in faith and you stay connected, stay connected. Amen. And my last one here, again, you see on this, the responsibility of answered prayer is on who? Us, not God. Lastly, Hebrews 11, 1, and I'm done. Hebrews 11, 1. The Holy Ghost showed me something about faith. Real quick, Hebrews 11, 1, and it says these words. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. See, faith is substance and it is evidence. Hope must be present, as you can see, before faith can come. Now remember, hope is a confident expectation for the future. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me about desire. When you have hope, but you have desire, he said this, desire is the track between hope and faith. It's Oh, someone got it. Desire is the track that leads from just being hope to faith. It's desire. Say desire. Say, desire is hope on fire. So church, let your spiritual hunger and desire rise up and let's start to acknowledge God. Let's start to pursue our Heavenly Father in everything that we think, say, and do. And let's make an impact in our lives and in this region and wherever you live. Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Woo! I know that was a long message. I was like, oh, I got eight full pages, but you guys hung in there like troopers. Hallelujah. Now, maybe there's someone in here. I, I, I hate to end a service without giving this invitation. Maybe there's someone in here you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. Don't leave here because, you know what? It'd be great to say I'm going to live another 70, 80, 90 years, but you don't know that. And today you're being drawn by the Holy Ghost. If you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, I want you to come forward. And I want to pray with you to become born again. Have a new birthday, the new birth experience. Now, maybe there's someone in here. You made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life a long time ago. But frankly, if you drop dead right now, you have no clue where you would go. That's dangerous. That is dangerous. If you want to rededicate your life today and you want a no-so experience, you want to be back in right standing with your Heavenly Father, I want you to come forward. And I want to pray with you after our service. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You want to learn more about it and receive Meet me up here. If you need prayer for healing, you need uh, delivering. Maybe you didn't come up earlier and you're like, oh, I should have went up. Now's your chance. So um, everybody, hey, visitors, thank you so much. There's a visitor's card on the back of the pew there. If you could fill that out, there's a suggestion box uh, in the back there. Grab one of my cards, put the your card in the box there. And um, by the way, if anybody ever has a suggestion... Uh, you know, for the church or something. I'm all ears for it, right? Um, except for the ones that say cut down praise and worship. It's too long. It's not going to happen. So you can just save the paper and the pen on that one. Okay, we're having too good a time pressing into the presence of God. Whoa. Okay, so Barry, you got something. All right. Thanks so much, everyone, for coming. Barry, come on up. What you got?